Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Last week and this week are really a... uh, I'm sharing with you 22 months of my life that it wasn't hell because God was navigating and helping me and he was revealing a lot of things to me. And so um, I just, I would, I mean, my hope for you this morning is to not take this lightly. Please don't take this lightly. And so um, I say that to say, it's easy for me to put 22 months into two weeks, which I really feel is gonna be three weeks because we'll finish, we're gonna finish this next week. It's easy for me to do that and, and take 22 months and put it into an hour and a half and men really hope that, you get, that you get it, you're able to put a stake in the ground and move forward spiritually. And that's my hope for you today. And so, anyways, I got to get that off the top. So the five attitudes we talked about last week, if you're a note taker, you need to take notes because if you don't, you forget 80% of what we talk about in here. And then it's really hard to, to dig back on that on Tuesday when the devil kicks you in the butt, okay? So you're going to want to write stuff down, especially because if God's going to speak to you, you should probably, you know, text yourself or whatever you do. And then, um, as always, we have Bibles for you and notebooks. So if you don't take notes and you don't read a Bible and you do everything on phone or online, there's a table sitting right here. Make sure you grab the goods because they're for you, they're from us, and they're free. So don't miss that. Okay, really quick. I didn't take a bunch of time on the recap, but 1 Samuel 16, 7 says this. Uh, the Lord tells Samuel, says, don't judge a man by his face or his height, for this is not the one. I don't make decisions the way you do. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at a man's thoughts his intentions, and his heart. And so the first Samuel shows us it's very, very easy to do the right thing with the wrong attitude. And so then last week we jumped into, well, what is the proper attitude? If I'm really gonna live in a real relationship with God, what is, what is the proper attitude? And we found that there are five of them. And so again, you're gonna need the scriptures and all this. I'm just gonna tell you what they are and where they're at. And so the first one was to be willing. And that simply meant to be eager and open. You can find this in 2 Corinthians 8.12. And 2 Corinthians 8.12 is really the why. Why do I need to be willing? And that's what it says. And it's really obedience. It's love plus trust uh, plus action. That's, that's what obedience is. That's what it means to be willing. What you need to know that I didn't tell you last week about being willing is this attitude is the most easily to forget because it's your time and it's your schedule. And so it's real easy to see, well, I, I just, I got stuff to do, Right? And so the second uh, attitude we talked about was being alert. This is waking up and being ready. And our why for that was 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And if that doesn't work, uh, most of the time you just need to think about um, who you're meeting with, right? And so this attitude is the most overlooked attitude because you feel like you've done your part by getting up. Well, I woke up, so it's good. And so you really need to be awake because again, if you're going to meet with your creator, there has, there's going to be an exchange and you don't want to miss it. And so um, I'm not saying you have to have every booger wiped out of the corner of your eye, but you should probably be pretty close, right? The third attitude was to be reverent, to have high regard and respect for God. This is our why was Habakkuk 2.20. And again, we're going to prepare and we're going to be still for a moment. We're going to prepare and we're going to be still for a moment as we meet with God. Fourth uh, attitude was to be, uh, I'm sorry, fourth attitude was to be relaxed. This is where we're parking today. Spoiler alert. Be relaxed. Ease in and set the tone. Our why is Psalms 46.10. And uh, again, I don't know if you were here, but if you were not, it was essentially merging uh, six different versions of Psalms 46.10 that say, be still, 
Stop your striving. Let go of your concerns and know that I am God. So we can't come running into, our, in, into God's presence and expect him to do something, right? And this is one of the biggest hurdles in our life is to say, I don't have time. I'm, I'm dealing with a, a couple of guys that I'm coaching right now and, that, and they're saying, well, you know, if I, if I take the first 10 minutes or if I take the first, and it's like, isn't it funny how sometimes 10 minutes feels like two hours? It's really not, right? And so really, God just wants one minute, and it's, and it's his job to move that minute forward in your life. And so he'll add to it. You don't have to. The fifth attitude was to be expectant. This means to be energized and enthusiastic. This is the one thing that um, we overlook, but it's the very most important because we don't expect anything from God because we got it. We're in control. And so this is uh, our why is Hebrews 11.1 1 and Romans 12.11 and 12. And it essentially says, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, carefully expectant, press in, press in and never quit. And so all of that, you need to understand, this is what God wants for you. God wants you to expect from him because he's a father, right? And so the most important thing you can do is to be expectant in your chair time because otherwise it becomes very routine, right? And every Monday feels the same. Even though there are only 52 Mondays in a year, you feel like every day is Groundhog Day, right? So it's not that way in your chair time. And so if you're going to get something out of it, you've got to be expectant. Remember, God's ultimate goal for your life here on earth is not comfort, it's character development. It's development. He wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to become like Jesus, right? And so then, if these attitudes aren't present, you have to go to those questions that we asked last week, which are essentially, what am I currently believing for? Where am I forcing myself to stretch? And where do I need God to work? And if, if the answer to those is, is nothing, I'm not, and I don't, then you're playing the role of God in your life. One of today's biggest points is, is, leads to the fact that we have to take time to relax. And so the first part of this amazing analogy, I'm so, so happy I get to draw for you guys today, is this is the speed of your life. Okay? We all have uphill hopes, all of us. John Maxwell once taught me that we, we live in a world full of uphill hopes, but we're trying to fulfill those uphill hopes with downhill values. And so as much as we want all this, what's happening in our life is really this. And man, when this happens, it's like Christmas, right? And what we really, what we really want to focus on is these five attitudes. When you think about Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40, when it says, just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40 says, when you do these two things, you'll obey all the others. You'll do all the others. And so this is the pace of our life. And I'm going to leave it there for right now. And so then what we need to understand is relaxing means we need to punctuate what we do at times of inactivity. Okay? Because if we're just constantly going nonstop, trajecting up, so we think, then we never get a chance to take inventory of ourselves. We have to take inventory of us. And so then it is settle down and ask yourself, this, is, this was so awkward for me. How am I? I really never cared, to be honest with you. How am I doing? I don't know. I mean, I'm alive, and I got a bunch of stuff done today, so I'm doing pretty good, right? And so, how am I? How am I spiritually? If we're three-part soul, how am I spiritually? How am I emotionally? I can always tell how I am physically because it's what we see, right? It's what we see. It's, it's essentially... Um, if you like to exercise, you always feel good physically, right? And so when we live hurried lives, though, 
And here's the thing, I would say this, we've changed, I, I work on a scale of one to five because I think a scale of one to five is really more accurate, right? So, you know, I say, well, how are you feeling? How, how, how are you on a scale of one to 10? Eh, I'm about six. What does that mean? How are you on a scale of one to five? If you're a five, you're great. If you're a three, you're in the middle. If you're a one, you're crappy, right? And then you have the two in between. So, you know, I'm trending up or I'm trending down. And so the scale of one to five is really good if you use it, if that's, if that's your type of gig. And so when you live hurried lives, what happens is God gets shuffled into the spare minutes of the day, and then he gets shortchanged with our time, right? When we say, uh, Lord, speak to me, but do it quickly. I got stuff to do, right? So we skimp on our time with God, and that leads us to uh, become kind of more and more shallow. We can't go deep because we can't make time for it. We just don't have the time to sit down and mine a little bit. We're not spending enough time alone with God. If at all, he needs quality time to help us see or make improvements in our life. It's transformation. And isn't it funny how uh, today in, in 2020, we've taken the word change and we've changed it to the word transformation. There's a lot of energy around transformation, but if I say change, I like that. Here's what I want you to know today. Everybody loves change. Everybody loves change. What you don't like is when people try to change you. I love change. I love new clothes. I love getting new haircuts. Heather loves new nail polish. People love new cars. Everybody loves change. We all love change. But we don't like when people try to change us. And so then, understand, he needs quality time to help you make improvements, to help you see transformation or change in your life. The problem, most of the time we hear the word change and we immediately go death grip and two steps back. Change, I'm good. I don't need anything else. And we can't do that in our time with God. And so we have this gap that we create. And so let's go here. We're going to go back to this analogy. And we'll say that this is the speed of our life, knowing that we're three parts whole, right? So three parts, spirit, soul, body. And my story, if you listen to my story about getting quiet last week, you realize that I lived a ton here. This was like 100% of me. I was checking boxes here and I was disconnected here. Okay. And so this is how this relates. Um, if you want to know my, my life. And so what happens is you have these three parts. So we would say this is our life, but really there are three things trying to keep up with you, right? There is, this will be my physical pace, right? This is my emotional pace and or soul. And this will be my spiritual pace. Well, what happens is we end up going so fast in life. I stole this from Bill Hybels, by the way. It's not original. I don't know what your opinion is of him, but I still think he's the mind of Christ, right? So what happens in our life is this. We have this pace. And what happens is spiritually, we level off. And emotionally, even worse than that, we level off. And the frustrations and the tensions that we feel are because we've created this gap from what we want to do physically to who we are, to who God's created us to be. That makes sense. And so you have this gap to where, um, well, this is where I want to be. It's downhill. There's, there's, no, there's no chance. This means I'm going 100 miles an hour. 
And so then what we do as human beings is we go to sleep at night negative, right? Say we're minus five, minus 10. And we just hope to wake up at zero. So we can go do it again. And we'll just have a cup of coffee or three or, you know, a five hour or whatever we do to get us, even though we're at zero and we're just drained, we've got so much to do. So we're just running. We've got to go. And so what you see in all of this is God wants you to wake up at 100 and maybe get to 70% of yourself and then recharge again, right? And so then there's separation between your body and your soul and you have to learn to keep up. And then what suffers the most is your spirit. And so we're just going to leave this as it is. I got it backwards, but it doesn't matter. The gap is the gap. And so you can't ask God to keep up with you. That's it. And what we're doing right now in life is that we're running and running and running and saying, come on, I've got angels. They protect me, right? God, can't you just keep up with me? And what you need to know is God didn't create you to keep up with you. He created you to be. We talked about that last week. You're a human being. And so when you go fast for too long, your spirit suffers. And when your spiritual life suffers, so do the other areas of your life, which affects all the relationships in your life. And so it starts with our relationship with him. It's not just that, though. When I was running this pace and, not, and disregarding all of this, I was a terrible husband. I was a terrible dad. I was a terrible everybody. And I was a pastor of a church, guys. And when I realized that um, I was wrong, it totally changed my life. And so what happens when I, when I was running at this pace, and this is just, I'm just speaking for myself, when I was running at this pace, she was the reason I had to work. That's what I told myself. And our kids were the reason I had to work. The things that were supposed to bring me fulfillment and peace and laughter and joy were right there at the house the whole time. But I created them and made them be the reason I had to go. Well, you're home with the kids and who's going who's gonna to pay for this and who's going to do that? And what about the car? And diapers, man, just diapers, right? And so we put all this pressure on ourselves. And then what happens? I'm running, 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 and I come home exhausted, so I just want to sit down and disengage for a moment. But that should be the point that I should be the most engaged. And so then she's upset with me because, man, you're not talking, you won't listen. I'm not a good listener. I wasn't a good listener. I was spent. I'm sorry. Again. I wasn't a good listener, and I wasn't a good dad. And I wasn't, I wasn't being who God had called me to be, right? And so I, I, would, I got to the point where I'd pause the TV to listen to her. But what happened was she was upset with me. And because she was upset with me, what do you think that led me to do? More of this. I got to work late, okay? Because I don't want to go home and listen to Heather freaking gripe at me because I didn't take the trash out or the laundry or you guys, you guys have lived all this, right? So you know all of it. And so what, what does it lead us to do? It leads us just to, just to dig just dig our heels a little bit more and say, I've just got to figure it out. I'll get it done, right? And so when I realized that that relationship was struggling and how I realized that is I was checking boxes spiritually. So I would take everything that you would give me and I would consume it. And then I would, then I would essentially judge and say, that was all right. It could have been better. I mean, Andy Stanley's a good preacher, but, and so, and it's really not our place because I've got to connect. We've got to connect. So the reality The reality is if you don't make time for God, you're not going to hear. You have to slow down and be quiet to hear, which means you have to relax, 
Remember, God's ultimate goal for you is not comfort, it's development, it's character development. He wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to become like Jesus. And so then you know this, people often use the phrase like father, like son, right? Heard it before. It makes me happy when people say that to me, like, oh, he's just like you. It's like, hmm, I guess he is. And then I, I, I ultimately go to my ditch of doing, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to help him. Like, if not, poor guy, right? Like, and so, like father, like son, it pleases me to hear that. God wants his children, though, to bear his image, too. And so if you, if you believe, then what you understand is God made you in his image and his likeness. So the Bible says you were created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's in Ephesians 4.2. Ephesians 4.2, you, you were created to be like God, like father, like son, truly righteous and holy. And so to be clear, no matter how hard we work or how much money we make or how much status we gain or how close we get to, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, the, what the mark is, you know, your mountain, However close you get to that mountain, you won't be God, and you won't become like a God. And so um, the best thing that you're ever going to do is to sit down and relax and connect to who you are. So take that, how am I doing question, and put it into action. And so not being a God means that you have to understand that God puts so much potential in you that you're never going to reach it. There's always going to be more for you. There's always more. There's always more with God. That's how he made you. That's who he is, right? And so the prideful lie that we get caught in is the devil's oldest temptation. This is Satan promised Adam and Eve this in Genesis 3, 5. He said, man, if you just do what I tell you, you'll become like God's, right? And so the issue with that is there's still that belief today. Many religions, a lot of philosophies still out there to say, hey, if you'll just do this, you will attain and you'll get there. But what you need to know is God does not want you to become a God. He wants you to become godly. He doesn't want you to become a God. He wants you to become godly, taking on his values, his attitude, and his character. This is Ephesians 4.22. You took off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. The message translation of Ephesians 4.22 says, take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Our approach then should be to spend time with God personally, not to find things out. We're not, looking, we're not going on a scavenger hunt, right? Here's the reality. With, with information, we know what we're supposed to do, okay? With revelation, we know what to do. With information, we know what we're supposed to do. With revelation, we know what to do. And here's kind of that hitch on the relaxed and the expectant attitude or the value that we've talked about, is if information rules our lives, which for the most part it does, I'm guilty, everything we do for God then becomes about a have to. Well, I have to, right? I have to wake up. I have to meet, you know, have to have a chair time. Revelation transforms our actions into get-to expressions of love or obedience or following, whatever, whatever the word is for you. And so revelation takes our time then from a have-to to a get-to. And to be uh, bad English, it's from got-to to get-to. It's not a got-to, it's a get-to. 
And so you can't love and engage with God from someone else's trust or experience. You have to be consumed with that love and expectation for yourselves. You have to engage. Sorry, I'm pointing these markers at you. I just, they're in my hand. I'm not trying to be rude. Heather hates when I point. I just thought Heather hates it when I pointed her. We engage with God with meaning, okay? So if I'm, if I'm engaging with God based on somebody else's life or, or what I'm following, what somebody else I'm following, it's never gonna become personal. It won't become real. The moment that it becomes real to me is the moment that it means something to me. You'll never cross the line from knowing, and, knowing to believing until you see it for yourself. I'm thankful for the information of others. Man, I love Instagram and Facebook and I love following churches and pastors and it's all great. When it comes to truly following, there's no substitute for seeing it with my own eyes every day, every day, seeing it with my own eyes and experiencing it for myself. I've got to experience it for myself. We'll never engage until we appreciate that. We need to see God for who he is and see him for ourselves. Knowing about him will move us. Knowing about him will move us, but knowing him personally will transform us. It is a real relationship. What keeps us from seeing God for who he is, is seeing us where we are. We see ourselves. And we know, normally most of the time we look at ourselves and be like, ah, there's, there's so many ways I can get better. There's so many things I can do differently. And you're very right, true. And it's gonna be like that forever. So you might as well not focus on that, okay? And the reality is if you'll, if you'll shift and look at who God is and what he says and who he says you are, then you won't look at the negative as much. And the negative will really go away and you actually step into who you're called to be. And so the truth is we forgot who we are. And the reality is, is, is taking time to reconnect, taking time to say, how am I doing? How am I physically or how am I emotionally is very, very uncomfortable. And I don't like it. And so then I don't do it. And so if you look in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says we're all created with three basic parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. And so in the God of peace himself, sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're, you sit like that today. We just took communion, holy communion. This is what God says, or until I come back. And so... As we talk through this, as the body, so we're going to talk all three, right? Body, spirit, soul, body, soul, spirit. And so this is the cleanest, most concise way that I could, that I could put this together. I know I'm sticking really close to my notes today, but I've got to make sure that I do my part, right? And so our body, our body, through its five senses, contacts the visible, touchable, tangible things of the material world of, of life. It's the most outward and visible part of our being. And by it, we exist and experience all things in the physical realm. But of course, we're more than just a physical body. And what you need to know is we all have different levels of physical health. Okay? You can look through the room and tell where we're all at. That's great. Bottom line. Our soul then, unseen, is just as real as our body. By our soul, we experience things in the, in the psychological realm our soul is composed of our mind, which enables us to do things like think, reason, consider, remember, wonder. Our emotions, which enable us to have feelings like happiness, sorrow, anger, grief, relief, and compassion. And our will, which enable us to choose and make decisions, our mind, our emotions, and, our, and, and will, 
make up our soul. And so our mind, emotion, and our will make up our soul, which is our personality and who we are within. That said, we all have different levels of emotional health. We all have different levels of emotional health. Is everybody good? Super quiet. So our spirit then, is all this making sense? Tracking? Solid. Our spirit, which is the deepest and most hidden part of our being, no other creature in the whole planet was created with a third part, okay? You, you're a spiritual being. It's what the Bible tells us. This causes a lot of tension, especially with non-believers, but, but by our spirit, God is revealed to us, right? Through our spirit, we talk to him. Through our spirit, we receive him. And through our spirit, we contain him. He lives in us. And lastly, through our spirit, we fellowship with him. That's what Sundays are, right? That's what a daily quiet time is. God created us with a spirit because he wants to know us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to be with us, okay? You're a spiritual being. And so not only was our spirit made for God, but our spirit was also the reason that we worship God. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truthfulness. This is followed up. You can see it again in John 3, 6, where it says, um, John 3, 6 tells that we are born of the spirit in our spirit. After we are born of God, we continue to worship him by our spirit. We all have different levels of spiritual health. So that we're not just the black line on there. We're all those lines. And you have to take account. So for me, the one thing that, that um, so then when I make decisions moving forward, starting in 2013, here's how I made decisions. What is this going to cost me physically? It's really easy. I know that. We all know that. What's this going to cost me emotionally? By talking to this person or helping with this task or going over here, what is this going to cost me emotionally? We never ask that. What's this going to cost me spiritually? Identify what it's going to cost. And if you do that, then you can see what your return of investment is. And so if you're, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who are taking you into the red emotionally, it is so hard to recharge. It's hard. You've got to be in, you've got to be balanced here, right? And so to be balanced, you have to ask the question, how am I and where am I? What's this going to cost? Not just what's this, how much time is this going to take? That's what we always go to. How much time is this going to take? That that's, should be the last concern. What's this going to cost me spiritually? What's this going to cost me emotionally? Man, when I volunteer at South, I'll be honest with you, uh, our expectations here are very different than Oklahoma. That's okay. I volunteer at South and it costs me very little. And it, it fills me up past 10. On a scale of one to 10, I might give South hockey and football and all the stuff I do in the weight room, I might give it a three in everything. And I get a 25 back. Should I keep doing that? Yes. Yes, I should. I'm going to make it work. Now, I'm helping this church out over on the west side. I'm trying to help them get their model right. I'm trying to help them figure out how to, how to move forward. And it is exhausting. Heather, Heather says, I can see it on your face. Should I? Now, I don't have to tell you what it's costing me. Should I keep doing that? No. No. But, but do we keep doing those stupid things? Yes, we do, right? And so... A great way to remember this is this. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. 
I'm wrapping up. I knew we wouldn't get through this today. One of the struggles with a good chair time is it's spiritual. Quiet time, sorry. A good chair time, a good quiet time is it's spiritual. You have to take time to relax and get quiet. And because we can't do that, our mind is going 10,000 miles an hour and telling us, you know, everything that's on our calendar or our list or, you know, this is what I got to do today and I've got 58 emails and, you know, all that stuff. But it's spiritual. And when you connect, when you connect spiritually, it just came to me. When you connect spiritually, what happens is this. Remember, we talked about punctuating all of our times of activity with a break. And so what happens is then you get, I've never done this before. This is, this is the new part of the analogy. When you take a break, then you can live here, level off, relax, go, level off, relax, go, level off, relax. And this is the pace that we should be on. And then we stay together. My spirit stays in line with my emotions, stays in line with my physical health. And now I'm healthy and I'm energetic. And so if you remember the story I told last week about meeting with my secretary, and she said, what's, you're different. What was different about me? This was different. I was here. I took time to get quiet. It took me months to do. But once I finally realized that if I'll just sit still and listen for a minute and get all the crap out of my head and all the nasty messages and all the stupid texts and all the ignorant phone calls and, and all the processes and, and everything that's bothering me, if I'll just sit still and relax and clear my mind, not a weirdo thing, just a real thing. If I'll do that, something happens and I become right here. I'm here, 100%. You don't just see my physical self here and my emotional, my spiritual life is so far behind me and it's drained and it's really affecting my pace. But what I do is I just drink a, drink a cup of coffee or something or whatever, whatever your favorite drink is, right? And you move on. And so I say all that to say this, when you take time to relax, you know it. And so then this is more than a Sabbath, this is, you live seven days a week. And so, yeah, we take that seventh day. Today's the Sabbath. Man, I hope that you're going to go and hang out with your families today. I hope that you're going to have a great time with your feet up. Just, it's going to be amazing. If you do that, when you take time, what happens is everything else catches up. When you take time to spend with God and you hear from God, you take notes and you engage and you highlight, you do those things, man, you start to grow spiritually. And what God does in your life, I can't tell you. From, that, from this point forward, I can't tell you what. I can, I can give you, I've got, guys, I've got two more pages I could cover. And, it's not a, and, and that's not enough. What God's going to do with you if you would just sit still. And so next week, if you'll sit still, you'll find that you are three parts whole. And when you're walking 100%, man, life is really good, regardless of what all the idiots around you are doing, okay? I'm not trying to be ugly, but that's what we say, right? It doesn't matter if you'll find yourself in this place. It is, guys, life is so good. And God has gave you so much, but we sometimes can't see it. We can't see it for lack of ourselves. Got to go. And when we go fast, we can't see. When we go fast, we can't hear. We hear, just like you used to drive by Heather. Hey, got to go. Hey, I love you. I wouldn't even kiss her goodbye. She's my wife. Because I had stuff to do. So... Let me figure out how I was going to close this thing. This is good. Um, I want to jump in more practically next week, okay? Next week, we, um, 
where I will have a handout for you next week. I didn't even get to your handout. I'm gonna have a handout for you that you can take notes on talking about these five attitudes and actually how we put them into practice. Like, what does this mean? What does quiet time mean? When I wake up, what should I do? I will tell you all of that next week if you promise to come back. Here's the close. There are 168 hours in a week. I will close this exact same way next week. There are 168 hours in a week. Okay? If you met with God for, I don't even know what I did. If you met with God for five minutes a day, okay? For five minutes a day, it's 35 minutes. 35 minutes from 160 hours is not very much. And I would tell you that might be too much to start if you're not doing that. If you're already doing that, I would ask you to take your next step. And if you would say, I'm doing that, I will tell you your next steps next week. Not how they're going to work, but I can tell you what step to take, if that makes sense. And so, let's pray. Lord, man, thanks that I get to do this. Thanks for what you've, uh, what you've shown me, for how you've uh, allowed me to, to see, Lord, for the things you revealed in my life, Lord, as far as it goes to the pace of our life, to how we run, to where we go, to what we do, Lord, in, in all reality, it has nothing to do with what I do, it's who I am. And really, it has nothing to do with, with, with what you do. It's who you are. And Lord, when we connect to that, supernatural things happen and we get to a place of, of health, of spiritual health and physical health and emotional health, Lord, and we get caught up. And I just thank you, Lord, for helping people take that step today, whatever that is. I thank you for the word that's, that's made it into uh, the way of people's hearts. And I just ask you, Lord, to help them hold on to it, to lock it down and remember it, Lord, to use it every day, to think about the questions that have been asked today, Lord, that you asked me, that you helped me to see. And I'm grateful for it. Lord, if there's nobody here, if there's anybody here, if there's nobody here, great. If there's anybody here that who does not know you, Lord, I ask right now that you would give them boldness and help them to pray that prayer or to step into a relationship with you. I thank you for that. So we're going to pray our believers' prayer. This is very simple. Um, this is the way. Salvation doesn't cost you anything. It's a free gift. So all it's required of you is just to pray a prayer and to receive. And so we're going to pray that prayer right now. And as a church family, we're going to pray this together. You're just simply going to repeat after me. And as you do that, um, current believers, we're just going to reaffirm our faith this morning to be thankful, especially as we got to take communion. But if you've been on the on the on the fence or did believe but stepped away or you want to renew your relationship with God, I mean, I would challenge you this morning. You need to, this is the most crucial decision you're ever going to make. And so as we pray, just, just repeat after us and we're going to help you get there. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son to die in my place for his broken body, for his blood that was shed so I could have eternal life. I receive him today. Jesus, come into my heart, refresh me, renew me, forgive me, make me whole, and help me follow you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.